Hello, welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we'll talk with Detective Rich Downham of the Fairfax County Police Department in the Financial Crimes Squad. Interesting subject today to talk about financial crimes and uh, some training tips and things that you need to know to... uh, help avoid financial crimes in in your life. So, Detective or Rich, thank you for for being with us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Interesting and uh, kind of a sensitive topic maybe to some to to talk about financial crimes or being a victim of a financial crime. But before we get into that, I want to learn a little about you, Detective Rich Downham, Fairfax County Police Department. Uh, Always a a dream or goal to, to be in law enforcement? Uh, it was something that I became interested in when I was a, uh, a kid uh, growing up, um, and fortunately for me, I actually grew up here in Fairfax County. Oh, I'm okay. A native one of a handful. <laughs> yeah, one of a few, um, but I actually, my Fairfax County Public Schools product, uh, started, uh, uh, grew up here, born, born and raised, and uh, became a police cadet in the mid-1990s here with the police department, mm-hmm. and uh, my career from there, after becoming a cadet, I went through the police academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduated there, went to the Franconia District Station, spent about seven, eight years down there uh, in patrol, and then a couple years at Springfield Mall before I uh, took the detective's process and became a detective. Oh, okay. And been investigating financial crimes uh, Interesting. since then. I've totaled 19 years on as an officer okay. now. Was that a, when you, and I don't know how it works, but when you become a detective, are you like assigned an area or did you have, do you express an interest in being in this area? How, how does that part work? Um, well, when I took the process, uh, almost 12 years ago, um, it was a, a, a question-based process, mm-hmm. uh, and you they ranked you based on how you responded gotcha. to okay. the process okay. and the questions. And uh, fortunate for me, I'd already developed a background in financial crimes-related type of investigations, being assigned to Springfield Mall for a couple of years. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I sense. handled shoplifting, credit cards, check cases, right. things of that nature there. Okay. So it kind of introduced me into this world right. of the financial crimes and, uh, you know, the stars aligned, I guess right, you right, could say. Right. <laughs> um, Here you are. Uh, position opened up uh, in the section I'm in now, and um, the captain uh, back then uh, called me, offered me the spot, and uh, I was excited, accepted mm-hmm. it, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. So it's been almost, it'll be 12 years in May. Wow. Financial crimes, is it something that most people don't think about or, or something that you don't hear about until it happens to you? Well, I think it may have been that way previously, uh-huh. but now it seems um, it is so rampant. Mm. Um, I've, I've come to the point now where it's not a matter of if you're a victim, it's when you become a victim. Because oh, wow. there's so many different ways you can become compromised. I mean, everyone heard about in the media in the last couple of years, the target breach where credit card mm-hmm. numbers were stolen and Home Depot. Um, I was victims of that. Uh, oh, wow. My wife was at Target, and I gave her a little bit of, you know, hey, you're not supposed to fall for this. Right, and, right. Know, just kind of teasing with her. And then, um, you know, a couple months later, Home Depot happened, and <laughs> I had the egg on my face for that because uh, <laughs> I'd see, made Home some Depot, purchases. That's kind of That's kind of a guy thing, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, but um, it, it's, um, it's definitely something that's come more to the forefront. Uh, I think more people are taking notice because it mm. is so rampant. Um, people are hearing about all the different scams that are out there yeah. um, and the different ways that they're 
information is being yeah. compromised. I want to kind of hear some of those examples and kind of dive into those, but I want to make sure we don't go too fast. I want to make sure yeah. I touch on the financial crimes squad because yes, I, I think there's a a squad Absolutely. or a, a group <laughs> that that investigates. It's more than just you. So, and sometimes folks don't really care about structure, but I just kind of want to get a, a feel for what we're Absolutely. talking about. Financial crime squad. You know, okay. who are you? How many of you are there? Kind of, kind of what you do, kind of thing. Okay. Um, well, uh, we have one of the largest financial crime squads in the Washington metropolitan area. Oh, wow. um, we have one uh, supervisor, a second lieutenant, uh, twelve sworn detectives. Four civilians, wow. and our county's population is over 1.1 million, uh, roughly. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but our squad itself, on average, yearly, we have cases that are reported to us 4,400 and up wow. annually every year. Wow. Um, 4,400 is the approximate number. Right, right. Um, to say that we get inundated with these types of cases and these crimes it's completely accurate. Um, we get cases where individuals will say, um, they'll file a report with our agency saying, I stole my credit card in my wallet. However, I just got notification from my credit card company saying mm -hmm. that it's being used for a fraudulent transaction in a town in Washington state. Right, right. Um, and that's a case where they were compromised somewhere along the way. Someone cloned a card, counterfeited it, and went out and made fraudulent transactions. Gotcha. Unfortunately, you know, we can't investigate those cases because the transactions actually occurred on the oh, other okay. side of the country. Okay. It's much fun to be to travel right, all over right. the place and do that. I don't got, think we can go, do but, that. Yeah. But, uh, plus the sheer caseload. Um, so in a lot of cases like that, we'll give them a verification letter, get them in touch with their credit card company, give them the advice on how to move forward mm -hmm. and try to get that rectified. Um, we also handle scams. Uh, the types of cases that we get, uh, there's phone scams, there's email scams. Um, perfect example um, of some other cases that we work. Identity theft is huge. Oh, interesting. Okay. People still steal other folks' information, right. use their personal information to obtain credit. Um, credit cards, stolen credit cards, as I mentioned right. before, embezzlements from businesses. Huh. Um, checks. Believe it or not, a lot of people still use paper checks. Right. I still do personally. Uh, it's yeah. a, a preference. However, I will say this, that if... Uh, uh, um, if you do write personal checks yeah. and you go to put your mail, outgoing mail in your mailbox, mm -hmm. and you throw that little red flag up, don't do that anymore. Um, that is a, That's a sign to the bad guy? That little absolutely. Red flag. Wow. It's, it's, it's a come steal me sign. Oh. <laughs> wow. Um, but actually, it, it's kind of like that movie, uh, Catch Me If You Can, with Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, and yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Some individuals, um, different groups have started doing those crimes again where they go through some of our neighborhoods here in the county and they'll drive through, look for the steal me flag, um, and they'll take the checks out of the mailbox. They'll literally wash the check and make it paid, e the payee line made right. payable to someone else and wow. cash the check. Wow. Um, that's a bad day because not only do they do that, but then they have your routing number and account number, and they can actually counterfeit checks then. I'll say no telling what they could do so with that information. So it, it can be a massive headache. So we like getting out there because uh, we've handled a lot of these cases with the Postal Service. They've prosecuted mm -hmm. some of these cases uh, at the Eastern District of Virginia on the mm -hmm. federal side. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, it's just, it just keeps happening. Mm -hmm. um, we do make arrests. However, uh, we like to get the information out to our citizens. We know it's a headache, but I always do it. 
drive by the post office and put it in the mailbox. Yeah. It, it's just safer, and it'll save you a lot of headaches down the road. Interesting. Okay, you, you touched on some examples here, some kind of, um, you know, the, the credit card, uh, you know, the identity thefts, you know, some of the scams. You know, I, yes, I, I think my gas credit card was one that maybe there was a what they call a skimmer or something yes, because my, my gas card was the same thing. Washington State, they, they ran up a couple hundred bucks on a gas card, and I was like, haven't been there. <laughs> so, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about some of them. We don't have time to go too Skimming far in devices. depth on all of them. But, well, let's let's start with that one. I okay. mean, what 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 is it and what can residents do to protect themselves? Is okay. there anything? Um, well, we, we've, we've recovered three different types of skimming devices here in Fairfax County. Wow. Um, we've recovered the devices that actually go onto an ATM machine. Okay. So when wow. you go to withdraw funds out from an ATM and you put your card in, yeah. it will record your ma- the information on your mag strip. And usually there's a secondary device that records you entering your PIN number. Oh, my gosh. And the bad guys <laughs> will get that information, put it together, right. counterfeit a card, and then a few months down the road, they start making withdrawals. Um, so our advice is, is when you go to an ATM machine, really look at it. it the, the device that they put on just goes right over top. Typically, it's put mm. on with double-sided tape. Oh. So grab a hold of it, poke around. If it pops off in your hand... <laughs> Probably not designed to be that way. It's not supposed to be that right. way. And if that occurs, we ask you to put it back on and notify someone in the bank and call the police. Um, don't walk around with it in your hand. Right, just, right. just put it back, get on the phone call the police department and let the bank know so we can have someone come out. Is it is it safer and more secure to actually walk into the bank than use the – maybe – I know it would be safer to use the teller uh, inside the okay. bank, but it, to go inside to a machine or like banks and grocery stores? I'd say it's all in personal preference. Um, I, I would suggest that whatever someone feels more comfortable with, that's what they do. Mm. Me personally, I still use an ATM routinely. Mm. Um, I just go up and grab a hold of it and twist, pull, tug, and make right, sure it doesn't right. come off of my hand. Um, the other types of skimming devices yeah. um, that we've recovered are actually internal skimming devices where individuals have obtained keys to gas pumps, as you mentioned uh, before yeah, with your gas pump. I think that's card. what happened to me. So they will actually open the machine up and put the device inside the machine so there's no way of the consumer being able to tell right. if the device is on the gas right. pump. Um, we have recovered devices with that. Those are a little bit more harder to determine they're there, yeah. especially for the consumer because there's no way of knowing who's been inside the pump or not. Now, if you go to the gas pump and you go to make a transaction and it's not acting right, I would advise you to let the attendant know, mm-hmm. and they can have someone come out and check the machines. And okay. if something's found, Good advice, obviously, right? we come out with our crime scene. Third type of skimming device, and I recovered one of these personally a couple weeks ago, I was working. I wasn't at a store. But right. They called me and I responded. Um, some of these individuals are actually going into different retailers, and it's a point of sales terminal. Okay. At a cash register, okay. where there right. may be right. a check, a regular checkout with a clerk, or a self checkout at different retailers. Right. Pretty much everyone has these self checkouts mm-hmm. now. And what they're doing is they take a device and it matches perfectly over top of the uh, point of sales terminal with the keypad. Right. And so forth and the screen. And they just pop it right over top. But the numbers didn't feel right. And the retailer that we recovered it from, a store employee was making a personal purchase. She noticed it, and she said, this doesn't feel right. She felt the machine and kind of just barely touched it and felt it move, so it popped right off. Oh, there again, yeah. Here's the crazy, here's the scary part. Uh, With some of these devices, they're actually Bluetooth enabled, and they can send a signal 
to the suspect suspects with a handheld device of right. some sort or a computer. They can actually download the information. Right there as it's happening. Yes, sir. So if they can't go back and get the actual device, they can still potentially obtain the information wow. that's on it. So we advise you just, you know, be aware of your surroundings when you're making these transactions. You know, check around. Make sure that nothing's loose on the machine. If mm-hmm. something pops off in your hand, for me, that's the first clue <laughs> right. of police work. We have a problem. <laughs> right. um, wow. Notify the folks in the store. Notify the folks at the bank. The stores and the retailers and the banks do have protocol in place where they check these devices right. before and at the end of shifts. However, some of these individuals will well, – they're, they're criminals. They're bad guys, and they're, they're putting them on when people aren't around. Well, even you know, even just the begin, beginning or end of an eight-hour shift, I mean, right. that could be seven and a half hours that somebody yes, has a machine on there. And depending on the volume that store is doing, that could be yes, a lot sir. of information, a lot of problems. Or if it's an ATM machine and it's uh, standing at a location away from the bank. Um, they could go and put it on anytime they want. Or if it's an actual bank, they could put it on, you know, after the bank closes right, at noon right. on a Saturday, for wow, example. Wow. And then come back and get it Monday morning before the bank opens back up. Sure. It's hard to say. Yeah. We're talking with uh, Fairfax County Police uh, Detective Rich Downham. He's in the uh, police department's financial crime squad. Uh, fascinating conversation and kind of a, a scary one we're having here. We've talked about some of the, the skimming devices. And uh, one of the things I wanted to make sure we talked about is is scams. I know our news center has provided a lot of uh, news on various types of scams. I mean, I, I know you may not know all of them. There's new ones coming out every day. But can you kind of give us a handful of some of the, the more popular scams, Absolutely. if you will? I'd say a general rule of thumb is if you receive a phone call at home asking someone to obtain a gift card of some sort and to, or to wire money, don't do it. It's a scam. Hmm. Um, we get inundated with cases, for example, around the first of the year, from usually January to May, maybe June, with individuals getting phone calls from uh, suspects claiming to be from the IRS and that mm-hmm. you owe back taxes. Um, I think uh, a, a lot of the folks in the county, um, we re- try to re- reiterate to them that uh, if you're going to be audited by the IRS or if you owe back taxes, they're not going to cold call you. They're going to send you a nice envelope in the mail with their logo in the corner of the envelope saying Internal Revenue Service and that pit in your stomach's going to drop going, uh-oh. Right. Um, they're not going to ask for a gift card. <laughs> right. They, the federal government's just not going to do that. And But here's the situation. Sometimes these individuals will claim that they're law enforcement. If it, They'll claim that they're law enforcement in a second phone call later from the original. So say they call, you say, I don't believe this, and you hang up on them. A few minutes later, you may get a phone call from someone claiming to be law enforcement, and they're going to arrest you. Um, if that happens, us as a local police agency, our sheriff's office, we're not coming to arrest a citizen for back taxes. That's an issue between the IRS and them. Um, it is a scam. Now, could someone potentially be arrested by the IRS? Yes, but that's something that the IRS handles. Mm-hmm. They're not going to cold call you without a letters being sent and things right, of that right. nature. Another common scam that we get, and it affects a lot of our elders, is an individual will call up claiming to be a grandchild of, of the senior citizen, mm-hmm. and they'll say, uh, Grandma, Grandpa, Timmy, yes, it's it's me. Hey, How are you? I haven't up, heard yeah. from you. Well, Grandma, I'm out of town. I got in some trouble. Um, Please don't tell Mom and Dad. <laughs> exactly. That's the big one. Please don't tell Mom and Dad they're going to kill me. Uh-huh. I need, for example, $5,000 to get out of jail in another country. Wow. 
could you please wire me the money, but don't tell mom and dad they're going to kill me. And me as a parent, and I'm sure yeah, other folks yeah. out there that are listening that have children and grandchildren, we do anything for our family because we, we love them. So what does our senior do, the grandma or grandfather? They'll wire money. Here's the, the secondary part of this. Those are always fraudulent. They're always scams. However, once they get them on the hook, so to say, so to speak, the next day or later that day, they'll call and say, Grandma, it's me again. They told me that since you sent the first 5000 so quickly, um, if you send another 5000 I won't have a record. And then they send another $5,000. Wow. It's a scam. There's also been one out there that has been a Dominion Virginia Power scam where they've contacted businesses and, and homeowners here in the county saying, we're going to shut your power off right now if you don't pay your right. your past due bill. Wow. Dominion Virginia Power does not do that. They're not going to call you out of the blue and say, hey, you owe this money. Pay it or we're cutting your power off in a certain amount of time. They right. send you multiple letters and notifications. Same with Novec. I know those are two different sure. you know, right. power companies that do business here in our county. Um, another common thing that we get, individuals will call and say, uh, you may have won a lottery. Mm-hmm. Pay 10% of your earnings, and we'll send you a check. And um, we've had some seniors and other folks fall for that, and it's been via email and phone. Oh, wow. um, where they'll send, you know, 10% of the winnings of, say, $7,000, and then the bad guy says, oh, well, you're enrolled in another lottery. Um, and it keeps going on and on and Jeez. on. <laughs> and... The scary part is is some of our seniors that have fallen for these types of scams um, have lost substantial funds. Sure. A lot of money. And when I talked to them and interviewed them, um, they said, well, the money wasn't for me. It was for me to leave something better behind for my family, which just broke my heart. You know, hearing that, it's like, oh, my goodness. Um, Here's the problem with these types of things with these scams, whether it's phone, email, once that money leaves the county, it is extremely difficult for us to be able to do anything and actually get a hold of the bad oh, guys. Okay, wow. Most of these individuals, well, I'd say 99.9% of these individuals are doing these phone scams and the IRS and the lotteries and things like that or in another country. Oh, wow. So my long arm of the law only goes to the county line. Right. Um, we have worked with some federal agencies in the past trying to get some of the money recovered, but if it's not done in a very quick amount of time from the first transaction, first day or so, um, it's it's gone. Yeah, wow. Um, and some of these folks that fall for these things may not really want to say anything right away because they're embarrassed. Right. When, regardless of how old they are or where they're from, they're embarrassed. They don't want to say, oh, yeah, I fell for one. Right. Um, my grandmother, uh, God rest her soul, uh, she used to love telling folks when they'd call her trying to solicit money, she'd say, well, my grandson's a Fairfax County policeman, and he handles all my Let financial stuff. Him, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's click. click right. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'd call me laughing about it. Well, um, listeners, that's a great story. Use uh, use Uncle Rich as your excuse. So. <laughs> but, hey, whatever it takes. You exactly. Know? Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, really quickly, uh, surprisingly, we're we're getting close to the I'm time. S- sorry, where, I talk no, about you're great information, <laughs> and I w- may have to have you back to talk more. Uh, identity th- identity theft. Talk about that really quickly, and, and 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 what what can I as a resident do to protect myself? Identity theft. Uh, it's rampant. It's out there. Uh, there's a various. Uh, 
products out there on the market, LifeLock, things of that nature. We don't mm-hmm. endorse any of those things as a police agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't do that. I'd say it's up to the consumer to determine if that works for them. However, when we do our presentations and we hand out flyers and we go out to do different community events, um, we have put together a, a, a flyer, and it basically says that there's a couple different websites that folks can go to for free to monitor okay. their credit. Okay. Uh, annualcreditreport.com is one. You can actually obtain your credit report once a year for free and verify that there's nothing on there that doesn't belong. If you live here in Fairfax County and you go ahead and obtain that, and when you are looking through your credit report and you see you have a phone bill in another state, that's a problem. Um, Things of that nature. Okay. Um, We recommend folks checking that annually. Um, If you do one of the two websites, Credit Karma or Annual Credit Report, you can actually do it twice a year because you can do it each one for free. Um, Maybe every six months. Exactly. Okay. January 1 and then June 1. Um, So we strongly recommend that. Another thing that we recommend is that for some of our seniors who are 70 plus, there's something called a credit freeze. And we also recommend it for some of our um, um, military personnel that are going overseas Um, because they go for long periods of time and you never know who might steal their mail or get a hold of their information. Credit freeze is something where it doesn't affect your credit report doesn't affect your credit score. All it does is it freezes all that information. So it makes it extremely difficult for an individual to obtain, your, to use your information to obtain credit fraudulently. Oh, yeah, okay. I've never heard about this. Yes, they assign a PIN number to it. It's a small monetary fee. I can't remember what it is exactly, but they do assign a PIN number to it, and you can enter that PIN number in and unfreeze your credit to make major purchases. The reason we have seniors that do it, and that we recommend seniors to do it, um, I have family members that have done it, um, is because typically when you're in your latter stage of um, life and you've already got your home, you have your cars, mm-hmm. things like that, you may not be going out and buying new houses and right, right. Corvettes or whatever. You might, and if you do, that's great. Right. Um, but if you want to just kind of keep things in check, we recommend you do that. Um, and not to backtrack, but if you do go on your credit report, regardless of who you are, how old you are, mm. and you find something that doesn't belong, you can go to any of the three credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, and you can get a 90-day fraud alert on your personal information. For, for free. For free, okay, wow. For free. If you find something that doesn't belong, do that immediately. That prevents the suspect from obtaining additional credit while okay. the investigation right. begins. Gotcha. Once the investigation begins, we provide a report verification letter stating um, that you're a victim of identity theft, and you can take that letter and provide it to one of the credit bureaus and obtain a seven-year fraud alert. Oh, wow. That'll make it difficult for the bad guy to obtain credit using your information, and you'll have to jump through a few extra hoops when you're at Home Depot or Kohl's, and they offer you that extra 10% for the store credit card. Right. But, but hey. The headache may be worth it to not have to deal with this financial nightmare down the road. Sure. We are... Out of time, Rich, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Man. No, it's not your fault. This is awesome information, and I wish we had more time to continue exploring. If I, as a resident or anyone listening, has other questions, concerns, is there a web page they can go to? Is there a telephone number they can call to talk? And Are there other, yes, you know, other if, resources? If, if someone has become a victim of a financial crime, they can report <clears throat> to the police department three different ways. You can contact uh, our non-emergency number and have an officer respond out to home, residence, or business, and an officer can take a report. You can go to a district station, or, and and nowadays with technology, it it makes it a lot easier, 
Um, we actually have an online reporting system that's on the county website. It's the Financial Crimes Online Reporting System. Uh, FICOR is the acronym. Um, and we have four civilians that handle those cases that come in. Uh, as I mentioned previously in the podcast, we have over 4,000 cases that come in on average. Incredible. Um, so it may take a day or two for them to get back to you because we get a little busy. Right. But uh, they're very thorough. They're very professional. They do a great job, and they go through the cases and write them up and assign them to the detectives to mm. move forward. Um, those, that, that would be the best way to do it. And I'm sure the, the URL, the web page address is really long. Yes, so just go to fairfaxcounty.gov and, and maybe search, they can search for yes, financial sir. crimes report or yes, filing sir. a report kind yes, of thing. Sir. And the non-emergency telephone number you mentioned is 703-691-2131. Yes, sir. It so is. they could report there. Uh, Rich Downham, Fairfax County Police Financial Crime Squad with us this morning talking about financial crimes and offering some great advice and tips we as residents can do to protect ourselves. And Rich, I'll, I'll give you the mic for the for the final word. Any Anything else you think is important for our listeners to know as we wrap it up? Yes, sir. General rule of thumb. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And if they're asking you to wire money, don't do it. Wire money. Don't Equals do no. it. No gift cards, no wiring money. No. Take those take those two steps, and you're probably 75% ahead of the game for, for most scams? Uh, well, we hope. We, we still have to worry about the credit card and identity theft, yeah. but at least it will it'll cut down on the phone scams and, yeah. and the, the email scams and things of that nature. All right. Rich, thanks so much. Awesome, Thank awesome you. information. My pleasure. Absolutely. Hopefully, uh, you got a lot of good information out of this uh, podcast as well. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, please share this with uh, friends and family. Good advice, and especially since we're recording this in the early part of November, where we're in the fourth quarter holiday shopping. A lot of folks are going to be pulling out credit cards and that kind of thing. So, uh, uh, good to be extra uh, cautious and uh, and sensitive uh, at this time of year. So, uh, thanks again for listening. If you need to get more Fairfax County news and event information. You can visit us online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You can call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. I want to thank you again for listening to the County Conversation produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.